you have your Bibles, will you open them up with me to 1 John chapter 4? I got 20 minutes and we're going to move fast today. I got lots to cover. Uh, 1 John chapter 4. Hey, we've been studying 1 John. And, um, you know, I've been telling you guys about, oh shoot, I don't have glasses. I had glasses a minute ago. There they are. We, we've been telling you guys about a few um, words that, that are key to John's gospel. And, and so one of those words is world, one of them is love, one of them is abide, and one of them is know. But if I asked you if you've learned anything in the first three chapters, I, I would hope that what you're taking away from 1 John and the study of 1 John is that John's emphasis in 1 John is a couple things. One is, is just the, the reality of being true as a believer. That's why John uses the term liar multiple times. We're going to get another one in chapter 4 where John says to you, if you say that you have love and you hate your brother, you're a liar, he says. And he uses that strong term liar. To set it in, I've been showing that video clip of the prince bride and that woman yelling, liar! Liar! Everybody likes that. Um, they wish I'd just do more of that. And, but so the reality of just being who we are and, and, and that there's a reality if you say you're a Christian, that, that there's fruit in your life. There's something in your life that proves what you say. And you don't get to just do lip service about your faith in God. And John is very serious about this topic. It's really one of the main themes all the way through First John. And then the, and then the overwhelming real theme of First John is love one another. Everybody say that with me. Love one another. When you read John, if you just read it, it'd take you about 12 minutes to sit down and read the entire um, epistle of 1 John, five chapters. And, and you, as you read it, John is saying, love one another, love one another, love one another. And you think, did I not turn the page? Am I, am I rereading something I've already read? And you're not. Because John is saying it again. He's saying it again. He's saying it again. Love one another. And when we get to chapter 4, this is really emphasized in, in, in that we are, as Christ followers, to be people who love. Now, I tell you guys all the time, and maybe for a little bit of shock value, but I really do mean this. Listen, if what's happening as you're coming to church here in this church, as you're growing, as I'm encouraging you to be people that read your Bible and pray every day, I'm, I'm encouraging you folks to, to be um, stewards of God's Word and be able to defend your faith. I encourage you guys in this church not to believe what I say because I said it, but to go and research it for yourself and see if these things are true. I encourage you not to be deceived, whether I'm the one doing the deception or you're getting it from some YouTube video or some thing you've heard out there on TikTok. I've encouraged you not to let yourself be deceived, that's a call of God that every one of you have over your own lives. You are not to allow yourself to be deceived by being a student of the Word of God. But listen, and what happens is, as we, 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 we read the Bible, the Bible is full of instruction for us as believers that the Word of God is key to our living as Christians. Some, some people say that they believe in Jesus, but they don't really um, believe in the Word of God. Many, 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 many churches and people and around the world have this kind of idea that I believe, I believe in Jesus, but not the entirety of God's Word, that it's infallible, it's inerrant. Maybe some of you sitting here today who have been around for a while still have in the back of your mind an idea that you can't trust all of the Bible. Well, I just want to tell you, 
We, we read it last week in the chapter and throughout the entire New Testament. You don't get one without the other. If you say you're a believer in Jesus Christ, then you need and you have to believe in the Word of God as the inerrant, unfallible Word of God. And if you believe in a God period, if you believe in the first three words of the Bible, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Do you believe that? God created... Now, now um, Matt was telling me this the other day, and I just saw something like a PBS thing. I was, who knows, I was flipping channels the other day, just this last week. And, and I stopped on something that probably wouldn't normally interest me. And it was talking about the launch, I think it was in 2010, of a new um, telescope. And it's not the, the one everybody always had. Because I can't remember the name of this new one. Um, it's not Hubble. Everybody's the Hubble. It's not Hubble. It's about the size of a basketball court. And it's, it's glass mirrors. But anyways, they launched it up. And they're, they're getting farthest away pictures we've ever got of our galaxy. And, when, and these pictures are coming back and they're able to enhance these images and turn them into color images using some math problem that tells them what the colors of these things are. And they're putting out the most beautiful pictures of the universe and we're, and we're taking pictures farther than we've ever, ever been able to take before with the launch of this satellite. And what they're finding is those little things that they're getting pictures of that they thought were thousands and millions of stars, every one of them is a galaxy. They said that there's enough galaxies that every person on planet Earth could have their own galaxy. That's over 8 billion galaxies. We live in the Milky Way, which is one of the 8 billion. Just within the Milky Way galaxy, your mind cannot wrap around. You just can't do it. Your mind would explode first. Just one galaxy, the Milky Way galaxy, to try to understand how large the Milky Way galaxy is. The best way for you to try to understand it is to look at the graphic when you see the, the, the earth next to the moon. And then they tell you how many earths would fit inside the moon. And then they, and the sun, I'm sorry, the earth to the sun. The earth to the sun. Then they shrink the sun down to where the size of the earth used to be and they show you the next star. And they tell you how many suns would fit in this next star. 12 billion suns would fit in the next star. And then they shrink it down to the size that the earth was originally, this one that's a billion times, a million, 10 million times bigger than the sun. And it keeps going. And the vastness of the Milky Way galaxy blows your mind. And then to think there's 8 billion of them. It, it doesn't make any sense, right? Like, who could fathom? The Bible says God measures the universe with the span of his hand. That's from his pinky to his thumb. Do you have a big God or a little God? And let me ask you a question about this big God. Does he have like some thing going on where he can do that, but he can't make a book exactly the way he wants it in 2023? Oh, the Bible has flaws and men got a hold of it and yada, 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 yada. No, 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 no. In the Word of God, God claims that that is his Word and it's exactly the way he wants it. And if you have a problem with the Word of God, listen, you have a problem with the God of the Word. Because you're saying He can't do what He says He did in the Word. You know, people, people flip out about the story of Jonah. And everybody calls Jonah and the whale. Well, well, we know, right? You guys are Calvary Chapel folks. You know the Bible doesn't call it a whale. The Bible says God created a big fish to swallow Jonah. And everybody, oh my gosh, Jonah living three days in the belly of a whale. And then, and then that's God. But men, 
We can, we can build a big metal container. We can put 250 sailors in it, put it 10 fathoms under the sea for a month. The air they breathe in, in this submarine is better than the air you're breathing on the earth. And everything they need to sustain life being under the water, 10 fathoms under the water for, for 30 straight days. No problem believing that. That men can make a submarine to hold 250 men, but God can't make a fish to hold one guy and swim him 600 miles to the beach of Nineveh. Listen, there's no problem with your Bible. If there's a problem with your Bible, there's a problem with the Word of God. And you don't get one or the other. You can't say, oh, I believe in Jesus and I like Jesus, but I don't really trust the Bible. It doesn't work. You've you got to take them both together. So um, chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test. Look at your neighbor and say, test them. The spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So, listen, you are responsible to not get deceived. And again, I don't care if it comes from me or anybody. The responsibility of deception over your life is not the responsibility of anybody else but the person in the mirror. When you stand before God one day, you're not going to be able to say, well, I'm sorry, Pastor Chris taught some really whack stuff, and that's why I didn't do, you know. And God's going to say to you, I gave you my word. I gave you the word. And then in the word, listen, the Bible, again, is very clear. Paul makes this, this very clear multiple times, that you are to test the things that you hear. You are to test prophecies. You are to test things to see if they're true or not. Nowhere in the Bible does God say, I'm going to bring you prophets and pastors and teachers and leaders and believe everything they say. That's not what the Bible teaches. Paul went to two cities. He went to Thessalonica and he went to Berea. And believe me, if there was one person in the flesh, of course Jesus, but if there's another person in the flesh you could absolutely 100% trust everything he said, it would have been the Apostle Paul. He went to Thessalonica, did like he always did, planted churches, taught. He went to Berea, did the same thing, planted churches, taught. And he left both cities. And then Paul wrote back and he said, those in Berea were more noble than those in Thessalonica because they received the word and they checked these things to see if they were true. Paul didn't get mad at the Bereans because they didn't believe what he said. He commended them because when he, he said the Thessalonians, they just took it. Which again, the Thessalonians were safe because it came from Paul. But Paul said the Thessalonians didn't go back and check everything that I said. They just believed it was true. And, and, and he said those in Berea, they were more noble than those in Thessalonica. And so again, check these things, test these things. And that's what the Word of God is saying here. I, I highly encourage the gifts of the Holy Spirit to function in the church. I wish I knew a way to, to manufacture and see more of the gifting of God's, of, 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 happening on our basis and it does happen you guys not that we don't get to see it all the time just this morning as I came in Sherry had a word from the Lord she had a prophecy and she began to speak something into my life and I just began to bawl because it was exactly what God has already been speaking to me and that's the word of prophecy and he uses a brother or sister to come alongside and confirm that to you and as she spoke to me this morning the things that she felt like and she was very humble and, and gentle with it and she said I'm not you know a prophet and I'm not I'm just, but this is what I feel like God was saying to me as I was praying for you and then what she shared with me is exactly what God had already spoke to my heart. And so, again, if somebody comes to you with a prophecy, or if you're giving a prophecy, you have to understand, and I encourage you to give prophecies. I encourage you to seek the Lord. And if God gives you a word for another brother or sister in our church, be faithful and go and share that gift. Go and share what God has put on your heart to encourage somebody. 
But when you go and share it with them, understand that they have the right and the, 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 they have to check that and see if it's from God or not. You know, if not, right, we used to have these young men who, who, who were learning about the gifts of prophecy in the church and God would give words, they could share them. And these young men were like, oh, sweet. And they'd go to the prettiest young gal in the church and they'd go, hey, I got a prophecy. God told me you're supposed to be my wife. And, and without that check, she'd be like, oh, okay, if God told you. I mean, because listen, when you say, God said to me, or God told me to tell you, or when you say these two words, God said, listen, the next words that come out of your mouth are the most important words on planet Earth. Because you, when you say God said, you're about to speak the very words of God. And so if you go to somebody, now again, in prophecy, sometimes, you know, um, we, 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 people use the term, thus saith the Lord. And when they receive a prophecy, it's a biblical term. When the prophets were given a word, they said, thus saith the Lord, and they would begin to proclaim the word of God. Sometimes I might come to you and, I'm say, and I would say to you, hey, this is not a thus saith the Lord. I'm not claiming that God told me this guaranteed to tell you, but this is what I feel, so I want to deliver it. And then you can put it through your own filter and check it, see if you feel like God is speaking that to your heart. And, and then receive that. And you know, for the young women, they'd come in and they'd say, Pastor, Hey, Billy said that God told him I'm supposed to marry him. What do I do? I say, listen, you go back to Billy, and you tell Billy that when God tells you you're supposed to marry Billy, then you'll give him a call. But until then, he better stay the heck away from you. Right? Because God will speak to both hearts and both sides. And God is very good at speaking to us. And we don't, we, we don't want to discourage the gift of prophecy. Please don't misunderstand me. But, but we also want to be careful that the gift of prophecy is being used in, in, in a proper way. Now, in the context here of 1 John, it's not just talking about that. It's talking about everything. And listen, the, the ministry of Paul was crowded, was covered with what we call the second-in folks, the Judaizers, other groups, because Paul was super effective at gathering and building churches. And other people didn't have the gifting and the skill just to go to a, to a, a, a green city and gather people and build a church. So what they decided was, look, it's far easier just to chase the ambulance. It's far easier just to follow Paul, and after he gathers a bunch of people and builds this church, when he leaves, because he always leaves, we'll just come in behind him, and then we'll tell all the people, hey, yeah, Paul's great, and Jesus is great, but, you know, you got to follow us, and you got to do this, and we've already got the people, and we'll build that way. Listen, that's not how you build. And, and John here is telling us, beware of false prophets. And, and these guys would travel all over the place. And, um, and so the, um, in the church, Jesus told us in the Sermon on the Mount, in, in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said, beware of false prophets. 1 John 4, verse 1, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Jesus said, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. Everybody say, Bah! But inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. So how do you know if somebody is a wolf or not? Two things. You know a wolf by what it eats. A wolf eats other sheep. And you know them by their fruits. Is the fruit of their ministry making people draw closer to God, closer to the body, closer to church? 
Or is the fruit of what they're doing pulling people away from God and away from the ministry and away from church? Listen, my call of God is to be a shepherd. The word pastor in the Bible, it's synonymous. It's used three different ways to mean the exact same thing. Elder, shepherd, overseer. Shepherd, the word is, is of minister, means a servant of the flock of God. And ideally, the biblical picture is, is Jesus as the good shepherd, is the, is the role, the call, the ministry of a pastor. So one of my jobs, the Bible tells me, I have the responsibility of running off a wolf in sheep's clothing in our church. Do wolves in sheep's clothing exist? What do they look like? They look like you. They look like me. They look like sheep. And listen, if you're in here today and you're a wolf in sheep's clothing, it takes a little bit of time to, to, to figure you out because originally you come in and you look, like a, you look like a sheep and you act like a sheep for a season. But I'll tell you what happens. Eventually, God cares more about this sheep than you do. And God loves these sheep and He's going to protect them and He will expose you. One day, that little sheep cover will tip back too far and we'll see those teeth on their way to Granny's house. And listen, I'll tell you, I've had to run wolves off in our church. Sometimes they've been here for a while, and, 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 and I was praying because it's very difficult to do. And I've used discernment, and I had to pray, and I had to talk to them, and I had to pray, and then and, and know, because I don't want to run somebody off unless I know. And, and it really felt like God spoke to me clearly. This is a wolf, left hand of fellowship. Had to do it two or three times since I've been in Twilla in 10 years, so again, it doesn't happen all the time. And I'll go to that person, I'll say, you're receiving the left hand of fellowship, which that means you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. And if you ever come back, I'll call the police. You're not welcome here. And I'll tell you what happens every time when I run a wolf off. You all come back the next week, and you didn't see the teeth. You just saw the sheep outfit. And you're mad at me because I'm mean. And that person needed Jesus, and you just ran him away. Where's Jesus? Don't this is the church? Aren't you supposed to love everybody and minister to everybody? What's wrong with you, Pastor? And I'm doing you a favor. And you're mad at me. It's okay, I can handle it. Because you can only see sheep. And that happens, right? But listen, just know that I, it's part of my job and my duty. And Jesus warned us, John's warning us, that, that there will come in wolves dressed in sheep's clothing. One of the things that happens, and there's been two people I can just think right off the top of my mind, who their, their Christian faith, they're people that, that were in, um, involved in some other religious group before I met them. They started coming to church. They asked Jesus in their heart here in our church. I baptized them. They started to grow in Christ. The seeds were planted, but the Bible says there's four types of seeds, and one of those seeds that's planted, um, it grows up fast. It doesn't get roots, and eventually the sun dries it out, and it goes away. And two different people in our church came to me, and they, they, they would say something like, hey, have you heard of this? And i say, yeah, you know, and, and, and then I'd say, where, some doctrine, something, some idea. And I'd say, where did you get that? I was reading my Bible. Come on. Tell the truth. Where'd you get that? Okay, I was watching a YouTube video. Listen, listen. In the area of deception, very important. I am not afraid of anything, any conclusion you're going to come to from reading the Bible. Read the Word of God. But that's not how that stuff happens. You, you watch some YouTube video, you see something on TikTok, you watch something on Facebook, you heard something, and this person has to spin this, to spin this, to put this together, and you can make the Bible say anything you want it to say. And you would have never got that just by reading the Word of God for yourself. 
Then you come in and you say, oh, well, what about this? And I say, no, man, look, you, where'd you get that? Or, no, you didn't get that from reading the Bible. And, and what is the result of it? The result of it is that you're pulling, about, you're pulling back from the things of God. I got a call this uh, week ago or so, and, and somebody is ministering to their niece, and their niece has been growing in Christ, and, and then she got involved in some YouTube, YouTube channel, um, I forget what it's called, True Faith or something, and it's one of those deals where the guy's talking about how Christmas is, is of the devil, and Easter is a pagan holiday, and, and Nimrod, and all this stuff, which is, is if, you, if you manage it well, there's truth in it, and, and this young person who's new in the faith is like, well, I don't know if I could trust church. I don't know if I could. And what is the result of, and that's what, I, that's what I shared. Look it. You have to look at the fruit. What is the fruit in your life of, of this ministry that you've connected yourself to? Now all of a sudden you're pulling back. Do you think that's of God? You're, you're afraid. Is that of God? You're skeptical. Is that something that God, is, some fruit that God wants to produce in your life? And so judge, that's why it says judge the fruit. Judge the result of, of what um, that, that ministry is saying or doing. And then John's going to go on. We've got to go back to John because I'm already out of time. Um, but yeah, just know this. If you, if you learn something new from some YouTube video and you come in next week and you say, Oh, Pastor Chris, will you one time, you know, the last one, and I did because this person was really being effective. It's like a two and a half hour video. And so I had to watch the whole thing, you know. Thankfully, I got, a, I got a question yesterday about a little video, and it sent it to me, and my phone opened up. I was getting ready, and I looked at the video, and it said four minutes, and I said, sweet, I could do that. So I watched the video, but two and a half hours, and, and I had to watch this one so that I could, I could help this person walk through. And eventually, they, they, they went with this nonsense. They were learning in some YouTube video, and everything that they had learned from reading the Bible, and they didn't get it from reading the Bible. There was something about eschatology and end times and the, the witnesses, and, and the guy's so craftily had to weave and change things and this means this but hold on you got to go back to this verse to tell you that it means this and that i guarantee you nobody's going to get that from just reading the bible you need this guy and it, and it derailed their faith so back in first john and, and we're um we're just going to go a few more minutes it says um in verse one beloved do not believe every spirit but test the spirits whether they are they are of god because many false prophets have gone out into the world by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Now, those spirits that it's talking about for us to test, listen, in the context, it's not talking about the Holy Spirit. You don't test the Holy Spirit, okay? That's the Spirit of God. You don't test the Holy Spirit. It's not talking about demons or angels. This is the spirit of men in its context. And men come to you with a certain spirit. They have a certain idea, a certain deception maybe that they are. Maybe they are a wolf, wolf in sheep's clothing and they want to lead you away from the flock of God. They want to separate you from the flock of God because there's protection in numbers. There's safety within the, within the body and they want to separate you and isolate you. And then John says one of the things immediately that um, can be identified as false prophets and bad doctrine is what do they do with Jesus? That's what it says in verse 2. In verse 3 it says, And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God, and this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and now already is in the world. The term Antichrist is a coming figure that the Bible talks about that when the rapture of the church happens and the church, the body of Christ, is removed, it's going to begin a seven-year period described in the book of Revelation 6 through 19 called the tribulation period. At the beginning of the tribulation period, 
Bible says a man of influence, a leader on the scene is going to rise up like Judas Iscariot. He is going to be filled with Satan and he is going to um, be the Antichrist. People are going to hail him as Messiah. And he's going to lead the world post-rapturing him into this thing. The, 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 the character Antichrist is talked about, I think, 95, 7 different times in the Bible. Only John uses the term Antichrist. He's called lots of different things. The son of perdition. Um, on and on and on. Lots of different names for the Antichrist. Now, what John is talking about here in this chapter is not necessarily, in this vein, that character, the Antichrist, but the spirit that exists in Antichrist, which is anti-Jesus, against God, or in place of God. And, and so he says, that is the spirit of Antichrist. Now, the Satan doesn't understand, he doesn't have a, a full grasp for whatever reason on eschatology. He doesn't know how, he can't see the future like God can. So what's had to have happened is that Satan always has somebody in the wings. He always has somebody ready. That person doesn't have to be, you know, we look around the world and we say, who is the one character who could really fit the bill, the biblical narrative for this Antichrist? Man, Macron and, and this guy, and it was Ronald Reagan, and it was Obama, and, you know, and every, every new president, every world leader, um, everybody says, oh, that could be the guy, that could be the Antichrist. You know who nobody has ever one time thought could be the Antichrist? It's Joe Biden. He's just too dumb. <laughs> There's, there's no way, no way. <laughs> the Antichrist is going to be able to speak. But you know what's funny? <laughs> you know what's actually a trip is he could be, he could be really because the Bible says that the, the anti, you know, people always look for this really um, charismatic, you know, really, really Hollywood type, Rico Suave, the whole package kind of person that's going to fit the bill of the Antichrist. But listen, this is what the Bible says. It says that all lying signs and wonders are going to follow him when something happens. Satan himself enters him. So now you have an archangel living inside of the guy that's going to change his character and give him this pizzazz that he's going to need. So technically, the guy could be like Pee Wee Herman. And, and, and you know, you look at him today, you think, oh, so maybe, maybe Joe could fit the bill because everything's going to change in that Antichrist character. So if you're looking for somebody that you think has to fit the bill, you can't even look at it that way because it's a game changer when Satan himself enters him, which is going to happen. But that spirit of Antichrist is what this is talking about. Sorry, I didn't mean to get off, especially running out of time. I didn't mean to get off in an Antichrist talk. That wasn't even in the notes. But listen, um, this spirit of Antichrist is identified by those who deny the, the deity of Jesus Christ. In John's day, it was that he came in the flesh, and they denied his, his flesh. Nobody today denies that Jesus came in the flesh. Everybody likes just denies the fact that he was God. Now listen, 100% of cults, isms, schisms, anything outside of the body of Christ, born-again believers in Jesus Christ, they all, and I don't care where they land, they all have one thing in common. They take the position of Jesus as the creator of the heavens and the earth, as the word of God, as equal with God, as three in one, and they just take Jesus and they put him down. They don't have to put him down very far. All they need to do is just get him off the top rung and put him down one notch. And, 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 and the way you can tell is ask somebody and, and just keep the topic on Jesus himself. Who is Jesus? You know, Jesus, Jesus. Talk about Jesus. If you have a Jehovah Witness, knock on your door. 
They will run you in circles talking about all kinds of stuff. Don't do it. If you want to spend the time, now you don't have to. The Bible says don't cast your pearls before swines. You have to use wisdom. Even if you have other people that show up with white shirts and ties and tags on. You, you, you have every right. You have every right to not biblically, to not, not spend time with them. Not to, not to, you know, we feel like, oh, we got to share with them. We got to tell them the truth. And then they come to your house and they're like, oh, well, we, you know, we need to, oh, we'll sponsor you. We need, you need to have dinner. You know, listen, let me tell you something. Missionaries in Tooele, there is no shortage of families that will take them in for dinner. They don't need to come to your house because they don't have a place to have dinner. That's an excuse so they can get into to your house and, and, and give you their spiel. But you don't have to. My point is you don't have to biblically receive them if you don't want to. And if you do receive them, be careful because that's a deception. That's a false prophet that you're allowing into your house to speak lies and maybe you're not in a position that you can defend yourself from those lies. I would caution you against those things, okay? Because oftentimes you are going to get beat up. Do you remember in, um, you know, in the Bible this happens many times? There was this, in in the book of Acts there was these demons, and these guys were watching Paul cast out demons, and they're like, "Hey, man, we could do that." And they went over to this group and they said, "You know, the seven sons of Sceva," and they said, "We cast you out." And the demon said, "Who are you? Jesus, we know, and Paul, we know, and we don't know you." And then it says they jumped on him and beat the snot out of him. Because they got beat up. I, I've gotten beaten up. I've, when I first came to Utah, I thought, oh, man, I got this. Come here, let me tell you about Jesus. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to school this person. And I was like, I'm serious. I got beat up. When I was done, I was like, they, they feel so much better about their faith than before I started. And I wasn't prepared. And I got beat up. I lost. I just couldn't make sense of, of, of the discussion and move it in the right direction. And, um, you know, gotten better. And still, it's not a skill. It's not a craft. It's, it's prayer. It's prayer. You have to be, you have to pray. Oh, wait, let me call, let me say that. If you are going to receive any of these folks into your home and do any kind of ministry for them, with them, and you want to be effective, you will not, I don't care how versed you are in the Bible, you will not be effective if you will not commit yourself to first praying for them. And praying, 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 praying about that meeting and over that situation before you can um, you can be effective in that ministry. Amen? I hate looking at that clock. Can we get rid of it? I got a fancy watch on, but it doesn't keep time. Real expensive watch, but they don't ever keep good time. So, um, yeah, I know that's the thing. That's the thing. Like, I could keep going. I only started at 11.10, so you guys have only been sitting 30 minutes for message, but... The minute the children's ministry is going to kill me. Um, yeah, what do I got to lose? I'm spending her birthday in Paris. I might as well. That, that's, that's a good point. I might as well keep preaching. Keep your Bibles open. All right. Um. I guess we'll pick up there next week, or the following week. Um, encourage you guys to keep uh, our missions trip in, in prayer. And then let me encourage you guys with this as we leave today, that um, all of you guys are going with me to Georgia. Because as you pray for me, um, many of you have given specifically towards this missions trip to Tbilisi. And by the way, if God puts it on your heart and you want to be a part of sharing the gospel in Iran, and you'd like to give towards this mission, it was it is an expensive mission because we pay 
for, to bring these Iranian families to Georgia because they don't have it to be able to train them and send them back. Um, the hotels, the whole thing. So if you want to invest in this ministry, you can do it online. You can put a check in the love offering and write um, Georgia or Tbilisi Mission on it. But whether you pray for me, you send, and, and whether even if you just give in this church, you've already given towards it. So, um, you know, one day you're going to be in heaven and some Iranian is going to come running up to you and they're going to go, thank you, thank you for bringing the gospel to Iran. I got saved because of you. And you're going to be looking at him like, well, that's nice, but I, I've never been to Georgia or Iran. And they're going to go, I know, Chris went for you. But biblical principle, whether you go or whether you stay back and watch the storehouse and support those that go, the Bible says very clearly, King David taught this as a principle, that when we get to heaven, we all share in the reward. So you guys are sending me. I'm going to represent this church and represent us. And any fruit that happens, it's going to go to all of your accounts. Amen? Amen. All right, let's stand together. Dang, 1 John 4 is so good. There's so much in it. I'm serious. I guess I was foolish to think I was going to cover the whole chapter and then have the extra stuff going on today. Um, hey, will you guys read it? you got a couple weeks. Read ahead. Read today at least. I only read three verses out of four verses out of 1 John. Will you all do me a favor? I'm serious. Read. I want you to meditate on 1 John chapter 4. Do the whole book this week. We've studied 1, 2, and 3 already. Get a little refresher. But definitely today, if anything, if you just do anything, make sure you read through 1 John chapter 4 today. Read the nuances. Read it a couple times. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you, speak to you. We'll pick it back up in a couple weeks. Keep me in prayer. I'll try to... Um, I'm not big on social media. I probably should do better to keep you guys involved on what's going on. But I'll try to be posting on my um, Facebook and Instagram to um, give you guys some updates on the trip and remind you guys to keep it in prayer. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Father God, we come before you. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, so much for this day. We thank you for the great love of Jesus. We thank you, Father, that your word is true. Lord, your word um, warns us in many places. We have it right out of the words of Jesus in, in Matthew chapter 7 in the Sermon on the Mount to beware of wolves that are dressed in sheep clothing. God, give us a discernment. Give the pastor a discernment that if we have any wolves at Tooele Springs, that God, you would help us identify them and run them off because that's the right thing to do because they're not here for the right reason. They're not here to grow and not here to love. They're here to eat the sheep. Father, we thank you and we pray, Lord, that uh, we would all have this spirit of discernment. And Lord, that we would be students of the word, that we would study to show thyself approved, workmen who need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God. That, Lord, we know the Bible says that when we get to heaven, none of us are going to have an excuse to have had been deceived because we all have the Word of God on our laps. And, we're, and nothing that we're going to get from just reading the Word of God is going to be wrong. And so, Lord, we pray that, um, Father, you would help us just to be um, in love with Jesus and in love with the Word and growing in Jesus through reading and studying the Word every day. And know what's true because we find it in the Word of God. Father, we thank you for Dave and Shannon and their family for all the, the years uh, these last three years that Dave and his family have been so faithful in ministering to the people at Tooele Springs, we pray um, a special blessing over their church plant, over the beginning, over the launch. And uh, Father, we, we, we thank you for them, Lord. And Father, we thank you for uh, Pastor Josh and Keaton who are going to be holding this place down for the next two weeks. Just ask your blessing over them. And Father, we thank you and pray.